not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hello, people. Hello, hello. Happy Monday to you. As usual, I am hoping and praying that you have had a good week um, last week. And here we are in the beginning of a, of a brand new week. And you know what? Every day is a day that the Lord has made. So we can rejoice and be glad in it in spite of the hardships and the struggles of this life. Um, I know that there are some pretty sad things happening um, all across the world. Um, I was looking on the, on the news on, on my internet uh, today and I saw a couple of stories that were disturbing. Um, one had nothing to do with um, our topic, uh, but disturbing nonetheless. And it seems like this keeps uh, cropping up. Um, Every time we turn around, but uh, there was a, a shooting, a fatal shooting in Columbia, Maryland, in a mall <clears throat> in which the shooter um, took the life of two young people, a uh, 25-year-old and 21-year-old, uh, male and a female. And then it appears that he took his own life. Um, that was the latest information they had at the time that I read the article. And um, I was telling my husband recently that it just seems that every time we turn around now that these things are happening more and more. Um, yeah, the Navy Yard shooting out here not too long ago. We've had shootings in schools. Um, we've had the uh, uh, seemingly a terrorist attack in uh, another mall, um, oh my goodness, it escapes me off the top of my head of where that, um, where that happened at, I want to say Kenya, but I'm not, I cannot remember uh, for certain, but um, it just seems like every time we turn around, there's some, some, some crazy, insane things going on, so I tell you people, um, we need a savior now more than ever. Um, the other story that I uh, ran across was pertaining to our topic, and um, I didn't get a chance to print it, so I won't talk in depth about it tonight. But what I did see was that a young mother was being charged um, with allowing her children, her babies, because these were babies, to be photographed, sexually photographed, so um, allowing her children to be um, used in a pornographic way, pornography, and selling her children 
to a man so that he could um, fulfill his sexual fantasies with these with these babies. A mother in this country, <laughs> not somewhere across the sea, across the ocean, in some foreign place that you might want to say, okay, well, that happened somewhere else, like in China or Bangkok or, um, you know, some other faraway place, but right here, right here in this country. Um, maybe by next show, I'll be able to print that and um, have more information on it. So um, what a way to start the show. The prevalence of sexual abuse is um, on the rise in our day and time. Not that sexual abuse itself is anything new because it has been happening since, um, since I won't say since time began, but since the fall of mankind, since the fall of Adam and Eve, and since sin found its way into the human race as we know it, uh, sexual sin and perversion has been happening. And I tell you what, people, the consequences, the pain, the suffering, the agony have not changed. It's going to continue to be so. I don't care how many people try to justify uh, promiscuity, how many people try to justify same-sex unions, how many people try to um, deny that sexual abuse happens in their homes, in their lives. Um, it's going to continue to happen, unfortunately, until Jesus Christ returns, until he comes back for his people, for those who've been washed in the blood, for those who... Um, have repented of their sins and um, have been redeemed. That is when we will have relief from all of this misery. But until then, until then, we will continue our mission to increase the awareness of the prevalence of sexual abuse and to reach out to those who have been sexually abused. Um, just a side note here, I know that Roy is trying to communicate with me and ask me if I could see his um, notes to me, and I have to say I, I did not see, I cannot see them. I saw that initial one, but I cannot see them, so maybe on the break we can figure that out. <laughs> Sorry about that, people, but it was really funny. We almost didn't get on the air on Skype tonight. Um, for some reason, it just... Uh, we couldn't get in and, and, and it wasn't booting up for us and our computer was slow and just craziness, craziness. So, Father, we pray right now in your name that you will uh, bind every interference, every obstacle that um, the networks, the Skype network, network and our Internet and everything will work fine for the rest of the program. Ha. Okay, so before we continue a book reading of the story of me, part four, 
I would love to tell you what kind of tea I'm drinking. I haven't been able to sip tea with you all for a couple of weeks now. So this is one of the highlights of my week is that I get to sip tea and talk to you about my passion and the things that are in my heart. So tonight I am drinking a green tea. I enhance it with a little bit of cinnamon and... Um, it's pretty good. I've been having it lately with a little bit of honey or tonight uh, my stevia. Mm. Oh, yeah. That hits the spot because it's cold out here. Cold out here in Maryland where we are, um, we have been experiencing um, extreme cold, uh, below freezing cold weather in the, you know, 11, 12, 17, 18 degrees. Today, I was quite happy because it got up to 46, I believe. So um, the snow is melting. And um, who knows what's next? (laughs) So if you don't have your tea, you need to get your tea or your cocoa or your coffee, whatever it is that you enjoy. And you need to join me. You need to join me, okay? Even though the topic is heavy and the topic is sad, um, we're going to do our best to um, stay, how should I say, keep our spirits high. Keep our spirits high. That's right. Because even though I tell you a sad story, even though I read to you from a sad story. Uh, the ending is good. The ending is good. Um, this is my personal story. I'm sorry if it uh, tugs on your heart and makes you sad, but just know that when we get to the end of this, that the ending is good and that um, the Lord was my salvation. That he restored my faith in him. He restored my life. He gave me back um, a life and relationships that I did not know were possible. Um, he gave me a wonderful husband, um, beautiful children who are no longer children. Of course, they're grown. Um, now, I have a beautiful grandbaby, my first. Um, keep her in your prayers because she's teething. And my daughter sent me a picture just before we went on the air, and she looks absolutely miserable. She's not feeling well right now, um, running a little fever, uh, which I know the babies can do when they are teething. But nevertheless, I am thankful because um, I have a life now that I didn't know was possible. I did not know it was possible. Um, So... I am going to read until I hear the music. Um, That's the best that I can do. (laughs) And I'm going to start from page 21 of my book, The Story of Me. The title of this chapter, The Washing Machine. We were somewhere in the house minding our own business. That was what we learned to do. When daddy was drinking. 
he called my brother and me into the kitchen. In the kitchen was a place for a washer and a dryer. Well, Daddy instructed us to sit on top of the washer and dryer, side by side. I knew that was coming. <laughs> More after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Statements made on the Dr. Peter DeVette Live radio show have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Products mentioned on the Dr. Peter DeVette Live radio show are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or illness. Information given by the host or co-host are the opinions of the speakers and are not intended as medical advice. Information on this show is not a substitute for medical advice and is strictly for educational purposes. Please seek the advice of your primary physician before starting anything new or following educational advice or opinions. This is Dr. Peter DeVette Live on Toginet.com. It's time to find out about your health and get your medical questions answered. Some of the topics we'll be discussing today include why America is facing a health care disaster, what the root causes are of your health care challenges versus symptom management, the holistic paradigm, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness, how emotions are directly related to physical illness, and how to read your own body like a book. The most effective medicine is to invest in wellness and live a holistic lifestyle. This is Dr. Peter DeVette Live on Toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. DeVette. Doctor, give me the news. I've got it. Come back. You're listening to Dr. Peter. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do. In love, life, and business, she is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones.
not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, people, I'm back um, after that break and um, having a few technical problems, but we're pressing forward tonight, and we are reading from the story of me, and I am reading The Washing Machine, the chapter titled The Washing Machine. So let me just start from the beginning again, because I only barely got into it before we hit the break. Um We were somewhere in the house minding our own business. That was what we learned to do when Daddy was drinking. He called my brother and me into the kitchen, and the kitchen was a place for a washer and a dryer. Well, Daddy instructed us to sit on top of the washer and dryer, side by side. He was even so kind as to assist us to get up there. Excuse my twisted humor. I learned a long time ago to laugh about some of these things. He helped us get up on the washer and dryer and he proceeded to question us again as the whereabouts as to the whereabouts of our mother. Yes, you're right. We had been through this before. The last time He used the butt of a pistol to torment us. This time he asked, where is your mother? I said I didn't know. He aimed the gun at my brother. I began to cry and plead. Please, please, please don't shoot my brother. He said, okay. Then he asked my brother, where is your mother? Daddy, I don't know, my brother said. He aimed the gun at me. My brother began to cry and to plead for his, I'm sorry, and began to plead for my life. When he aimed the gun at my brother, I pushed it away from his head. When he aimed it at me, my brother did the same. After a few times of this, I began to wonder if he was just enjoying the torture and seeing the terror in our faces. He then told us to go look for her, our mother. When he helped us down one by one and each at separate times, I remember heading toward the dining room. Now the dining room was connected to the kitchen and it opened up into the living room. So I headed toward the dining room, and Daddy went the other way. He headed toward the living room. As I came around the corner, Ha! He said, and aimed the gun at my head. I remember screaming and falling to the ground with my hands over my ears as if to protect me from hearing the gunshot that I just knew was next. It didn't happen. Instead, he just chased me back and forth until he got tired of the game. 
if this was his idea of a game, we were not laughing. I don't remember when it ended. It just did. We were both still alive. Thank you, God. The next chapter, the night we slept outside. I don't remember what the events of the day were. It must have been a weekend. I'm sure Daddy was drinking all that day. What I do remember clearly is that the night air was cold. We were in our pajamas. We were embarrassed because when the sun came up, we could see our friends walking by on the way to school, and we knew or thought they could see us too. We were huddled up together on the front porch. There were some vertical wood panels on the front porch that did provide a measure of privacy for us. Nevertheless, we were cold in our pajamas and bare feet. I suppose I should back up and tell you how we got there. We were again upstairs minding our own business. This time we were all in bed. As I stated before, I had three brothers and one sister. We ranged from age two to 12. Daddy called us down the stairs one at a time in the order of our age. Opening the front door, he asked that famous question, where is your mother? The reply, I don't know. He raised his foot and kicked each of us in the rear end and kicked us out of the house. It is a little fuzzy in my mind, but I distinctly remember wondering if he's going to kick my youngest brother out of the house too. I was worried because he was only two years old. Well, he did. We huddled up with each other. We cried. I prayed. But we stayed out there on that porch. He locked us out, and we stayed there until the sun came up. School kids kept walking by, so finally we decided to walk down the street. We remembered that our parents had some friends down the street, so we walked a few blocks and found our way to their house. We knocked on the door, and thank God they were home. They took us in. I can't remember their names, but the missus made us a delicious pancake breakfast. We ate until we couldn't eat anymore. They could tell that something was obviously wrong because we were in our pajamas. I believe they called the police and Daddy got in trouble again. My siblings and I have often talked about these events and what we should have done, and what we wished we had done. We were so well behaved and afraid of doing anything to get in trouble. 
even with the abuse going on, I still knew the difference between the abuse and the times when we were actually being disciplined. Even at a young age, I understood the difference between the two. There were different events. They were ongoing. There was the time when my parents were both gone. The police came to our house looking for us. We were afraid and didn't open the door. We had many conversations about how we should have let them in. We didn't, though, and things progressed from bad to worse. Daddy became more violent. Now it was a weekend routine. He came home drunk on the weekends. We knew there was going to be trouble. For some reason, his focus began to shift towards me. Again, I don't remember the specific order of these next events. I just know they happened. I have a little less than two minutes uh, for my next break. So I think I can get in this next chapter because it's only a paragraph. Looks like a, a few sentences. Looks like I have about a minute maybe. Um, and it's called The Scars. Um, before I read this, I'll say that um, these scars never went away. Physically, thank God that the um, impact of the events have been healed in my heart and in my emotions. Um, but the physical scars are there to remind me, um, and they they will never go away. Thirty seconds left, so I may not get uh, far into this, but I will pick it up after the break. On Daddy called my oldest brother and me downstairs. He began the usual interrogation. On that note, I will continue after the break. www.spatialaudio.com You'll feel warm and squishy inside once you do. Equipping the Saints Ministries Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness and to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. You are not local. You may participate via conference calls, or we can make information available to you via email. Equipping the Saints Ministries is home-based in Maryland. You may write to us at Post Office Box 1616, Clinton, Maryland, 20735, or email us at 
VIR2US1 at Verizon.net. I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, I'm back from the break, and um, I want to invite you all to um, call in. We don't get many callers on the show, and um, I don't know if that's because I don't invite you all enough. I don't let you know that we're taking calls enough. More than likely, that's the reason. (laughs) A lot of times I am thoroughly caught up in what I am doing, and I got used to um, not getting calls, but... The invitation is open. Um, We would like to hear from you. Perhaps you have a story of your own. Perhaps you know someone who has been sexually abused, who um, is trying to recover or has recovered from this type of trauma, and uh, we would like to hear from you. We would like to show you some love. Um, The caller number is... 866-404-6516. You can uh, find it on the um, show page when you first log on to listen to the show. So give us a call from time to time, or you can um, email me, like the commercial just said. However, the email has changed. It is uh, etsministriesinc at gmail.com, etsministries at gmail.com, and the P.O. Box number is P.O. Box 72, Waldorf, Maryland, 20602. Um, Give us a uh, give us a call or write us a letter and tell us uh, what's going on with you. Okay. The other thing I'd like to mention is that I'm thinking about doing some giveaway giveaways, uh, giving away some of our materials, uh, my story that I'm reading from tonight, and um, the follow up to my story, my manual, overcoming sexual abuse. Um, I hope that it will be helpful to someone. So um, if you call in for yourself or for someone else, then um, I will make it possible to for you to receive some of our resources. Okay? So give me a call. All right, back to um, our story, reading from the chapter called The Scars. On this particular night, Daddy called my oldest brother and me downstairs. He began the usual interrogation. 
when we not when we did not give the right response, he began to beat us with an extension cord. Over and over the cord came. It hit, it hurt. The impact would be felt for years to come. The scars are yet visible because the cord broke my skin. I carried those whip marks everywhere I went. They were most visible to myself, but there were those occasions when someone would notice and ask me how I got them. I cried myself to sleep that night. My wounds were not dressed or cared for. They bled. I cried. I finally slept. People, the whole purpose of this show is to let the listeners know how ugly sexual abuse is, Many times sexual abuse is accompanied by other forms of abuse. In this case, you can see clearly that um, there was alcohol abuse involved. Um, There was um, interrogation. There was um, torture. There was um, emotional abuse um, for children to suffer the way some children are suffering um, today is unthinkable and unspeakable for some people. But I think it is very important for people to know that this is happening, that it is real for you to get involved. Um, if you suspect, you know, like, like I just read, there were times when someone would ask me, how did I get those scars? Maybe... Um, later on in PE, you know, when I had to wear wear my PE shorts or if I went swimming and put on a swimming suit, um, bathing suit, and someone would notice and ask me. And uh, when I was a child, when I was young, of course, I um, found a way not to answer the question. Um, I... Right now, I can't even remember how I used to answer that question because I was embarrassed and I was afraid of talking about it. Um, now, that hasn't happened to me you know, in quite a while because um, because I dress modestly and I don't wear <laughs> I don't wear shorts or uh, anything mini um, except for for my husband. <laughs> In our own pool, um, I'll wear my bathing suit, but I dress modestly, so that hasn't happened to me in a while. But I think that if it did, at this point, I could I could easily say that those are the scars and the results of uh, my child abuse, of me being abused as a child, because I look for opportunities to um, share and to talk to others about this topic in hopes that I can help someone along the way. Uh, Today I was, um, I can't say I was surprised, but today just through just in surfing my Facebook page, you know, just because I don't get on there um, every day, but today I was looking at my Facebook page and trying to catch up with some tweets uh, and things that I... um, was trying to do concerning this show tonight and concerning 
my weight loss challenge that I'm on. Yes, I'm still on my Visalis uh, 90-day challenge, my second challenge. (laughs) And so I was just, uh, you know, posting comments about that. But I ran across a young lady who is uh who is friends with me on Facebook who uh, had a comment on there to the effect of saying something like i um that's it I've decided I am no longer going to wear underwear I'm no longer going to wear underwear, and that's just the way it was left now, me being who I am and the type of show that I do. Um, naturally it caught my attention and it was disturbing because I felt like this is absolutely nothing that needs to be posted on Facebook. This is not public information. This is um, putting yourself out there in a much, um, a much, how should I say, in, in, a, in, a, uh, in a demeaning way, in a way that sets you up to be um, treated as and perceived as um, a a sex object, you know, to be sexually abused. So normally I try to refrain from commenting on things like this at times because, uh, um, you know, it doesn't always go over well, but I, I had to. I had to, people. I had to comment, and I asked her, you know, why she felt that this was public information, and, um, just tried to 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 convey to her that putting herself out there this way is um basically setting herself up you know to be to be mistreated and um to my surprise when she responded she told me that it was a joke that this was a joke and that someone had sent it to her in this manner and um it was intended to set the person up who who read it and to make them think what they thought, but it really wasn't pertaining to that. It was pertaining to several other categories that you had to pick out of these categories, which comment, um, you know, um, you wanted to truly reply to and then do some other stuff. And, and like I responded back and I said, you know, oh, I'm sorry that, um, I can't find humor in these types of jokes um, because of the type of work that I do and the show that I do and, and because of, of my own past, I know that this topic in itself is not anything to joke about. It's not anything to joke about. Promiscuity, pornography, anything that generates lust, lust, you know, is a is a, a an overwhelming desire, and in this case, we're talking about sexual lust. I mean, describing whether you're wearing or not wearing underpants, panties, you know, is definitely going to pique somebody's interest, whether whether it be for good or for bad. Okay, so this is not a joke for me. This is serious stuff. It's not a joke. Period. Not just for me, but it is serious. So. I conveyed that, and then this individual went on to say that she had been sexually abused herself, that she had been a victim of sexual abuse herself, and therefore um, that gave her the right to say and do whatever she wanted to say and do, and that anyone who would 
who would respond to her comment, basically their, that's their problem and that's their issue and they're the ones with the problem, the, the, the predator who might take that information and want to use it against her and make her a target. She felt like that was his or hers problem and their issue and that she in no way had any responsibility for what may happen to her because of the statement or has happened to her in the past. So it actually opened the door of opportunity because I don't think I ever would have known that this happened to this young lady. And I was able to tell her how truly sorry I was, first of all, to know that she was sexually abused. Um, that was very important to me that I convey that more than anything, um, hoping that she'll understand that I care, that I'm not just making these comments to be an old crab, um, you know, but that I care, first of all. And then I was able to um, tell her about my program and offer to send her my book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse. Um, at this point, she hasn't responded yet, but it was a door of opportunity. And so, more after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, abuse, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have loved and been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived abuse, molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may see or find themselves in Diane Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of the story of me online at www.authorhouse.com or any of the major bookstores. never been anything that can compare to home movies. But now in this modern era, where do you turn for the best information? Right here. It's the Home Movie Legacy Project, hosted by Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Learn how to organize, digitize, share on social media, use this genealogy research, repurpose or even monetize found footage. Discover ways to find films about your own family that you didn't even know existed. Or create a documentary that can use the power of home movies to deliver a message that can impact the lives of many. For more on Rhonda and the show, go to our website, homemovielegacy.com. Then be here as the journey continues with the Home Movie Legacy Project with Rhonda Vigent. 
Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, people, this is Minister Diane, and I am inviting you to call if you're listening live to call us at 866-404-6519. Talk to us. Tell us uh, your story. Tell us your concerns. Or perhaps you're calling because you're concerned about someone else. Give us a call. And um, if you do that, then I will make sure that you get a copy of one of our resources the story of me or overcoming sexual abuse, you can let me know which one you prefer. All righty? Um, we are reading from my story tonight, the story of me. But, you know, I, um, I want to plug a movie that I just saw over the weekend. Um, <clears throat> not too many movies that grab my interest um, that I want to go see um, because, you know, I just... I just feel it's so important to guard my ear gate and my eyes, you know, and what I what I put in my spirit, um, because so much of what what is out there is um, just very harmful, just harmful to to one spiritually, and I don't want anything to interfere with my relationship with the Lord. I want to be able to hear Him when He speaks to me. I want to be able to move when He says move. And you know what? The more junk and the more unclean things that we have in our lives, the harder it is for us to hear from God. little side note there. So anyway, back to the movie. I, um, I, I heard this on the radio station, on the Christian radio station, that this movie was going to be released on Friday, uh, I think that was the 24th, called Gimme Shelter. Gimme, G-I-M-M-E, Gimme Shelter. And the description just got my attention because it is all about a, a young lady. This is a true story. This is all about a young lady who literally um, lived through hell. Um, she was uh, taken from her mother at the age of eight years old because her mother was uh, on drugs, strung out on drugs, and uh, from that point, she ended up in foster home after foster home. Um, a total of ten foster homes by the time she was, I want to say, somewhere around twelve or so. Um, as you watch the movie, you you see all the things that I talk about on this program that contributed to her being abused both by 
neglect, you know, because her mom was strung out, being abandoned because her mom and dad didn't stay together as a couple. She was kind of the result of a fling, if you will. I mean, I won't tell you the whole story, but all the things that I talk about on this show that contribute to sexual abuse, coming from a broken home, coming from a home where there's alcohol abuse, drug abuse, coming from a home where there's pornography, somewhere in the history, even if it's not in your home. Uh, Maybe you have people around your children or around your home that are involved in pornography, and therefore that spirit um, that is involved in their life is um, lurking around your home and your children and looking for opportunities. Um, Maybe through the programs that they watch, maybe they see a lot of programs or you watch a lot of programs that provoke lust, you know, and and promote um, um, immoral lifestyles. And so you're opening yourself up to these kinds of spirits and this type of entertainment. But all of the things that I talk about on this show that contribute to sexual abuse were going on in this young lady's life. And um, like my story, though, um, she had a very good, a very encouraging, a very inspiring intervention some people that intervened in her life, and God was able to make a difference in her life. So I want to plug that movie. You've got to go see it. Give me shelter. Uh, there's some there's some famous voices in there. Um, I'm not plugging it so much for that reason, but because of the content of the show. All right? All right. So maybe I think we have time to get um, a couple of more chapters probably in before the night is over. Let me see. Next chapter. Mm. The abuse gets worse. You probably think to yourself, well, my goodness, can it be any worse than what she's already read? Well, yes, it can be. I'm telling you, when when um, sin is involved, there's there's just no end. There's no end to the depths that it will take you. <laughs> All righty, here we go. Sleep was something I learned to do lightly. I never knew what to expect, and I wanted to be prepared. I knew from listening to other stories that usually... I'm sorry, that abuse usually does not just go away. Let me back that up and do that again. I know from listening to other stories that abuse usually does not just go away. Did I hear you, Chris? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I heard someone talking to me. I know from listening to other stories that abuse usually does not just go away, but rather it gets worse. I can attest to that fact. It wasn't enough that Daddy kept us in total fear and submission, that he kept causing our mother to leave home. Um, and that his career was going down the tubes. 
that wasn't enough. No, when the devil is involved, he plays for keeps. Yes, he does. He plays for keeps. He is not content with the little pain and suffering. His aim is to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. My mother was gone again. Daddy started calling me to come to his room. I knew this was not right even for a talk. My parents rarely allowed us into their room. It was private, almost sacred. There were things you just didn't do and places you did not enter without permission. Like go into the refrigerator, touch the stereo, answer or talk on the phone, or go into Mama and Daddy's room. Daddy wanted company. I begged and pleaded to sleep in my own bed, this time to no avail. I won't describe the details. It is sufficient to say he raped me. When I cried too loud, he hit me or bit me. I cried. I screamed for God to help me. In my mind, of course. I knew better than to make too much noise. One time, Daddy told me to go to the bathroom first. When I went to the bathroom and I stayed there, I went to the bathroom and I stayed there until he fell asleep. I was so afraid, but I managed to open a very small window in the bathroom and climb out the window. It was dark. I believe it was late because he he always waited until everyone was supposed to be in bed. I have to commentate that that sentence. He always waited until everyone was supposed to be in bed. It's interesting how people who do these kinds of things know, they know that it's wrong. I don't care what they tell you. They might try to defend themselves. I don't care what they say. They know that it's wrong because it's always done in secret. It's done Uh, In the dark, it's done after dark. It's done with threats. Uh, It's done, and the victims are often threatened and told that they better not tell anybody. Um, If they really didn't think that this was wrong, I think that they would do it on the front lawn. I think they would do it in the living room in front of the sisters and brothers and whoever else. I mean, come on, please. They know that it's wrong. They know that it's wrong. But they are driven by a lust and a perversion and a possession 
that some of them cannot even control because they have allowed this spirit to take over them. And in their own strength, they cannot resist those urges. I walked and walked until I managed to find a security gate. There I found some men who were guards. All I remember is crying and asking them if they knew where my mother was. I don't know how to tell them my daddy was messing. I didn't know how to tell them my daddy was messing with me. Until next week. Good night.